I'm going to try to do this without sound effects. Let's see how it goes. Live from Pittsburgh and a city close to Detroit that I probably can't say for safety reasons. It's Apex of of podcast i'm alex i'm philip uh i assume i'm going to cut the horrible intro i just did no keep it Fine. keep it <laughs> Fine. Uh, I'll, I'll see how much that sounded like a fart noise it's a clean christian podcast except when it's not uh how are you doing today philip good uh i know that you are recovering from the flu are you feeling well yeah i'm fine now uh but it sucked yeah. And I, yeah, I spent pretty much two weeks not training at all. And so once I got back to it on Sunday, I was like all mad at myself that I couldn't do my speedy stuff. And it took all my strength possible to get up the work wall, which was funny. <laughs> uh, so you're me is what you're saying. No, because I did the whole cliffhanger first go. Oh. It, my legs were weak. That was the problem. Oh. So uh, we mentioned your flu earlier, and that prevented yes. you from going to uh, Movement Lab Ohio, yep. which was what we were going to talk about, admittedly, like, last week, but we haven't recorded in almost two weeks. Yep. I'm pretty sure the last time we recorded, uh, Garrett Cole and Andrew McCutcheon were pirates, and the Steelers were still in the playoffs. <laughs> so you're you're going to hold just sport. Yeah. This week and a half. Your whole sports world has been falling apart. Now you know how it is to live in Detroit. Jeez. I, I mean, the Pistons won a title, and the Red Wings won several titles in my lifetime. Yeah, but all of those were like a decade ago. And the Tigers but, recently won back-to-back pennants. I mean, they suck now, but... <laughs> yeah, they suck now. And the Lions are... The Lions... <laughs> I, I thought they were going to have such a good year, like, starting out. I, like, I knew they wouldn't make the Super Bowl because they always choke. But I thought maybe they could win two playoff games for once. Or win, yeah, win two playoff. They've only won one playoff game in my parents' lifetimes. Yeah, I looked that up. It's crazy. 1991 you know, was the only one, I think. Yeah. You know what my favorite obscure playoff stat is? Hmm. The Cleveland Browns have beaten the New England Patriots in the playoffs in my lifetime. Wow. Yeah. So, Movement Lab Ohio. Mm-hmm. You probably have more about, more to say about it than me. Uh, yeah. Uh, everyone really missed you. Like, um, Kyle was really bummed that he didn't get to meet you. Yeah. I promised him he'd be on the podcast at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, Kyle. Eventually. You, do you remember Brandon from XT? Yeah. He was there. Uh, he said he was mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing you again. Matt was obviously there, but you see him, like, all the time, so. Yeah. And then Brandon's mom, who I'm sure is not aware of your existence. No offense. <laughs> oh, I still haven't sent other Philip those books by Chris Warnke that I was going to send to him. Oh. Oh, yeah, so Brandon was telling... So there's... Brandon's this kid we know who who trains at uh, XT Fitness that's out in Findlay, Ohio. I, I have problems shilling for corporations, but I have no problems shilling for ninja gyms. There's a guy who trains at XT whose name is also Philip. So Brandon messages me, or Brandon tells me in person, because he, he physically exists in the physical realm. But he, he tells me, hey, uh, Philip messaged me. He wants you to grab two books. And I'm thinking... Why the hell would Philip message Brandon and not me? Oh! Like, like, I'm trying to figure out why the hell you would want two books. Like, I thought because that one time Alyssa Beard was having that classroom drive with that, like, yeah. unofficial ninja book, and you bought two, so I'm like, okay, maybe he's donating one again? No, I didn't buy two, I only bought one. Oh, I thought you said you were going to buy one for Alyssa's classroom. Did you not end up doing that? No, I, I I paid double. I said, take the money, but only give me one. I want to give some of the money to, like, a kid that can't afford a book for the book fair. So you bought two of them. Yeah, but I only wanted one. Yes, but you paid for two of them. Yes, that and I only one. got sent, and I asked to get sent one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. 
we're on the same page, which is a rarity for us. The competition itself is really good. Um, I made one massive screw-up on Sunday uh, on the repping end, but otherwise it went really smooth, so good job, Michelle. The course was a lot better than last time. Um, oh, yeah. Last time there were a lot of uh, difficulties and... Stupid tape lines. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was going to get around it, but I... I uh, I was not a fan of the tape lines or the wet doorknobs, which yeah. didn't end up being a problem because only one person got there this time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm pretty sure he was a lot of chalk there, which was good. <laughs> yes, he was. I think you were a lot of chalk for the entire course because I think I remember yeah. people chalking up before the steps. Mm-hmm. For the record, I successfully cleared the first two obstacles, so I was proud of myself. Yippee. I would have come about 12th in the female division. <laughs> My initial thought, because like the pipe slider, you had to go down and back. So my uh -huh. like the way back was like a very slight incline. So my initial mm -hmm. thought was start going backwards, like reach back, grab the bar, like push off, ride it down the track, and then you have your normal progression. But one, the track didn't end up being that slidey, and two, like it was so far back that I thought, like as soon as I let go of the platform, I'm just gonna fly back and let go. Cause it was such an awkward grab, so I, I did end up just clearing it the same way most people do, which is just face forward going down and then just pull back going back, which didn't end up being nearly as hard as I thought it would be. I would have probably, if I was there, I was would have probably like done something similar to what Drew Dressel did. Uh, that that was sort of what I was going for. A uh -huh. little bit. But you're also 6'2", so that reach wouldn't have been a problem for you. Whereas yeah. I'm 5'8", and it was a problem for me. And then there was the There's bungee like walls and... and a bunch of... Then El Lachey, I would I would have one-arm jumped that immediately into the cannonballs. I, I think a couple... People could have done it, but they, or like, there was some bungees on a wall into it, like a, I don't know, six, seven foot lache. It was not a hard lache. I probably could have done it, but I didn't try it. Um, like, obviously you could have gotten it in one swing, and it looked like a couple people were going to try to. Um, but, but they didn't commit. <laughs> well, I, I don't think it was worth it. Because, mm -hmm. like, it was worth taking the two seconds to swing back just to make sure you got the jump. Mm -hmm. Then there was, like, a row of cannonballs. You had to walk across a pipe and jump. And it, that, that was kind of a weird obstacle, but it ended up being fine. I think, like, one person failed it. Mm -hmm. um, the Stegosaurus was the really tricky obstacle. Yeah. So it was a slack line for the first half, and then it's like a balanced teeter-totter. I, I can't even begin to describe it, because it's like a balanced beam seesaw, but on the bottom half, you have to like walk across these like PC pipes that are standing up, and they're like those caps on the end. You're essentially walking on the caps, and they're at different heights. It was really weird. I failed the slack line because I suck at slack lines, but I actually did clear the hard part of the Stegosaurus. Huh. Warped wall was next. That was, I mean, a warped wall. I don't think anyone failed it. Um, the spider drop. So it was a spider climb, and then you had to shove yourself forward and do the trampoline, and then get onto another spider. So it was like the spider drop, or spider... They call it the spider drop and bouncing. They call it bounce, bouncing spider, oh, yeah. which was, it was like the bouncing dumb, spider, but... where you were bouncing from the spider to another spider, which is how they mm -hmm. should have done it. Yeah. The jump was way further than I thought. Like uh -huh. I, I looked at it, I'm like, Psh, that's so easy. And then I got there, and then I'm like on the spider wall. I'm like, how in the hell am I gonna make this jump? Mm -hmm. And I I did not make the jump. Um. So once you climb up the spider. Everyone was trying to use that... You know how Michelle has that big trampoline? Yeah. Everyone was practicing that on Friday at Open Gym. And mm -hmm. it didn't end up being on the course. Yeah. So nice troll, Michelle. Uh, so you had to leap a pretty good distance to a V-wing. Swing from the V-wing to the bar. 
and then you had to go down from the bar and like shimmy across shimmy across one person actually failed the transition from the bar to the shimmy like it it was some guy i'd never heard of so i'm assuming he you know doesn't train or maybe he does just at some gym that i don't know about i don't know if that dude is listening to the podcast i'm sorry i legit don't know you (laughs) so I'm, i'm just guessing he, I guess, didn't understand that you couldn't use your feet. And mm-hmm. so Kyle was right there, and he's like, no, 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 you can't use your feet. Because that's what you do when somebody can't use their feet and you're the judge. And so, like, he, he in his mind, thought, okay, I'm just going to use my feet and then cling on to the wall and then grab the wall. And once that option was out of the question, he had no idea what to do, and then he fell. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, it was like a cat grab to a trampoline to the cliffhanger ledge, mm-hmm. which everyone just immediately just jumped onto the trampoline and chalked up. Because after that was the vertical limit, which was less than half an inch thick and a rounded ledge and swinging. Yeah, it was kind of nuts and only one person beat it. Out of like 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, it was directly into the cliffhanger with a big pull-up at the end. Like, I was Damn shocked it. that Mike uh, Mike Torres was the guy who beat the vertical limit. Um, I was shocked he still had all that energy in him. Um, Honestly, though, I don't think anybody failed. I don't think really anybody probably failed it because they were pumped. I think they failed just because it was such a small edge. Yeah. So like if you got past that, you... people got right on it and slipped right off. Exactly. It wasn't a matter of endurance for that part, especially considering it was like the first real upper body uh, obstacle of the course. Oh yeah, you're right. So like, all the upper body stuff was after that. It so exactly. The, after going right into the cliffhanger, you had the doorknob grasper, and then that row of holds right after that. And uh, Mike Torres mm-hmm. slipped on the book. It's literally just a book. I mean, mm-hmm. it's in the shape of a book. It's like polyurethane or whatever. Um, and then after that was some stuff I don't remember because nobody got there. Some like really long pegboard or something in the salmon ladder. Mm-hmm. I think there might have been some stuff in between. I don't remember. Yeah, it was a fun course. And yeah, now I'm thinking about it. There was like almost no upper body <coughs> in that course. It's weird. Yep. Well, I guess the V-Wing, that V-Wing stuff was pretty upper body. It wasn't, like, real upper, upper body. Right, that, like... I mean, it, it wasn't, like, drain you. And really, you could argue that that row of holds was draining, but, I mean, Mike Torres just slipped right off the book. He probably could have gone and done a couple more obstacles after that. Yeah. Actually, it was really weird because the... People who qualified, I don't feel like were necessarily the people that would have gone the furthest if the vertical limit wasn't there. It just mm-hmm. ended up being, you know, the people who were fastest to the vertical limit. And Grant, there were some good people, like uh, Todd Bourgeois qualified, and he came in fourth in the country last year at the national finals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't remember who the other two qualifiers were. I know Sean Noel was first out. But he ended up qualifying at PBK the next week. Oh, really? Yeah, he oh, got I'm like... So I was so worried that Sean wasn't going to qualify. He was like fourth at PBK, so... Oh, I yeah. still haven't updated the standings. And I still haven't put it on the website, so... <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll do that tomorrow. I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. Movement Lab Ohio, Season 3... Uh, Colton Sieber also qualified. He was the fastest. Yeah. To the uh, to the vertical limit. Uh, Colton's really good, so I'm happy for him. Jonathan Cooley was the other guy. I have not heard of him. Really? No. That's yeah, he's he goes to a lot of the competitions. He missed out by like two seconds at M Lab New Jersey from qualifying. Uh, I beat him by like five seconds to qualify. If it if I was like four seconds or five seconds slower, he would have qualified instead of me last season. Mm. 
Mm. And then you have never got to meet Nagano. Yeah, true. I, actually, I would have probably still gone. So, I think I alluded to this in the intro, but I don't remember. And this will, this may or may not even make the podcast, I don't know. So, I was in CVS, which I know I went on that whole thing about corporate worship, but it's the only place within walking distance that I can buy Windex, so... It's not like mm-hmm. this is an endorsement or lack thereof of CVS. I went there because they had Windex. I did not have much choice. So, I go to the counter to pay for my Windex. Now, there's the cashier and a woman and her daughter. And they're just having a conversation. like Not even ringing up any items. Just, you know... Casually having a conversation. And I, I gather that the girl is selling Girl Scout cookies. And so the woman says, Oh, what's your favorite kind of Girl Scout cookie? And the cashier says, Ooh, mine are, I think they're tagalongs. What are your kind of favorite kind of Girl Scout cookie? And at this point, I just want to scream, There are people behind you! Yeah. So, eventually, so this woman is buying a bunch of makeup, I think. So they start ringing up this makeup. By the way, it was at this point that I realized that they sell these, like, minuscule, like, mini marshmallow-sized makeup sponges, (laughs) which I thought were kind of funny. I thought it was candy at first, so I almost bought some, and then I realized it was makeup sponges, which would not taste very good. They were, like, $7 for, like, five tiny sponges. It was really dumb. So they're ringing up this makeup, and the woman's like, all right, the total is $24.95 or something. So, something 24 And the woman stands there perplexed for a second, and she's like, uh, that coupon didn't ring up. <laughs> now, bear in mind, this is already only $24 worth of makeup, so. Which, I mean... Only? Is CVS really the only place you can buy makeup, like... I, I, I don't know. Some, some girl, obviously, tell, tell me if there are better places than CVS to buy makeup. Because I, I, I wouldn't ever think CVS to buy makeup. But what do I know? I've never worn any. And hopefully never will, unless I get a job in television. So the coupon doesn't ring up. And the woman is trying to figure out this coupon, and she can't figure it out. And she's like, alright, I'll have to go get a manager. Let me be right back. <laughs> and so she abandons her post. At this point, there's probably a line of, I don't know, six, seven people. So the manager and the cashier come back, and they're looking over this coupon, and they can't figure out why this coupon isn't ringing up, and it's like, oh, well, it should be, you know, $22 instead of $24, or something absurd, I'm sure. And they're trying to figure this out. Finally, finally, somebody comes up, or another cashier comes up, rings up my Windex, gives me my receipt, I pull off to the side to collect my belongings and put on my hoodie. I leave. The person behind me is already paying for their stuff. And wouldn't you know, they're still looking at that freaking coupon. (laughs) Now, during the time that I had started waiting in this line, a song had started. song had ended. They played a shill for whatever CVS was selling that. Oh, I guess this was, like, this past Sunday? It was on Sunday. So whatever CVS was selling. Another song had started, and had already gotten to the second verse by the time another cashier came over. So these people are probably, like, I don't know, probably there for, like, ten minutes in the checkout. I mean, first off, who buys makeup at CVS? But, again, what do I know? Maybe people buy makeup at CVS? I wouldn't know. I'm not making fun of people who buy makeup at CVS. Like, I legitimately don't know if that's a thing or not. I just wouldn't ever thank CVS, really, for anything besides pills and Windex. (laughs) Pills and Windex. That sounds like a rap song. (laughs) Windex sounds like the next stupid kids challenge, like Tide Pods. Oh, by the way, I, I think I'll cut this, but my mom texted me the other day, just out of the blue. I think this is yesterday. I'm just, you know, at work. 
and she just texts me out of the blue, so what's the deal about Tide Pods? Are they just kidding? <laughs> and I had to explain the whole Tide Pod. Unfortunately, they're a thing. Number two, don't start a conversation with the cashier when there are people behind you. Because clearly they saw me, and yet they kept going on their spiel about Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> and number three, this is inexpensive. There are eight people behind you. Don't call over a manager for a frickin' coupon. Come on. <laughs> like, at, at a point, I was just ready to pay the $25, because I was tired of wasting everyone's time behind me. Because, like, do you know about opportunity cost? Yeah. All of us lost an hour of our time, cumulatively, because of this woman's coupon, over, like, $2. That, that was not a good decision. So I guess number four, if there are eight people behind you and you're next, just pay for the person's extra stuff in front of you because opportunity costs. You're saving everyone's time. Yeah, I, mostly the chit-chat thing. They saw me behind them, and they kept going with their Girl Scout nonsense. Like, <laughs> come on. Uh, Colin's on the show next, but I have no idea what we're talking about because that's not getting recorded until tomorrow. All right, we're here with Colin. Hey. Uh, Colin, how are you doing today? Eh, been sick the past few days, almost bad. Say maybe a day or two, better than I have been. There you go, uh, glad to hear you're feeling a little better. Um, it was made clear to me by a listener of our podcast, who may or may not have given birth to me, that... <laughs> For those of you who don't know us, it may be construed as Philip and myself taking advantage of Colin, trying to make fun of him. I want to be clear, this is strictly in jest. We are not trying to exploit Colin or anything. We just think that it provides a interesting and comical perspective from somebody who doesn't watch a lot of sports. I mean, we could they, they could make fun of my lack of knowledge of anime or... Colin and I could make fun of Philip's lack of knowledge of, I don't know, something. No, I'm super smart. I know everything. Yes, exactly. But this this whole idea for the segment was partially my idea, because when asking if I had any ideas, I was like, well, it would be funny to see why I don't know about sports at hunt football and see how, how terribly I mess up trying to explain... Alright, so, blood's off our hands. Um, really, Philip could make fun of both of us for lack of knowledge of NASCAR, although I am seriously <laughs> resentful against Philip for gaining knowledge of motorsports by osmosis, but... That's <laughs> Wait, beside, what? That's beside the point. Um, so, today, because the NASCAR season is going to be starting in a few weeks, I'm going to give the floor to Philip, and he is going to introduce us to the... NASCAR races in the main series in 2018, because they, like the bowl games, have some funny names. Yep. And I would uh, also like to emphasize, just in case it gets too funny, that we are all sober and have not taken any drugs today. Yeah, if you knew me personally, you'd know how, like, overly against any sort of substance I am. Like, like I'm like, it, it, it's kind of... You realize food is a substance, right? <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm just ripping you. Uh, go ahead. Cough drops don't count as a drug because I've had a lot of those today. Oh, yeah. I, I felt better yesterday and I still ate the rest of my cough drops because they taste good. <laughs> um, if you guys were wondering, and I was, I had, I was pretty sick too, and now I'm better, but yeah. Um, and anyway. I am the epitome of health. <laughs> Somehow my mom didn't catch the flu, even though me and my dad had it, uh, which is interesting. Uh, anyway, starting off the first race of every NASCAR Monster Energy NASCAR Cup season is uh, the Daytona 500. That's the name. I'm happy that they don't uh, add a sponsor to it. They've never added a sponsor to it, so that's nice. Um, I'm kind of surprised they don't, because, yeah. like... Even the Isn't Rose like Bowl, the, which the, takes itself massively seriously. They're like the mm. Rose Bowl game presented by Northwestern Mutual. So I'm surprised it's not like, 
Daytona 500, presented by Liberty Mutual, or presented by Amazon.com, or yeah. something like that. Like, isn't that, like, the biggest race? Like, even I've heard yeah. the Daytona 500. Yep. I could probably only name two NASCAR races, the Daytona 500 and the Indianapolis 500. Well. Uh-oh. <laughs> Philip, do you want to tell Oh, them? my God. <laughs> Okay, so what did I say wrong? The Indy... The, do you think those little, like, open-wheel cars that look like rocket ships are NASCARs? <laughs> do you think I actually watch these auto racing events? No. You know I sure enjoy auto racing events. Do you know what the funniest part of all of this is? Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did this last year at the Indy 500. Yep. So and we've both thought... fallen and he's forgotten. Yeah, and I mean, back to the same... it was a NASCAR race. <laughs> okay, that time we were making. I mean, didn't the same thing happen? Something about the the thirty something games in a baseball season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. these were probably very unnotable parts of the call, in my opinion. Hi everyone, it's been like five days since we recorded this, but disclaimer: I fought to not include this next part, but you two. Demanded that it be included, and somehow won. Yippee! <laughs> so, please swear to the camera that this is not an effort of me bullying you, and that you fought to have this in. This was entirely my idea to keep it in, because it was such a hilarious mess-up. There you go. Blood's off my hands. Back to the podcast. Take a guess at what, uh... Take a guess at how big the... Daytona track is Daytona International Speedway. Can I guess five hundred miles? No, how no, no how big the how big the track is like the track itself they go around. How many times do they go around it? Well, that's the thing. If we told you, you would just do division. Yeah. No, I'm terrible at math. So. Okay, they go around it two hundred times. Uh. I don't know. Like a hundred? Like no. <laughs> I don't know, like 70, 80 miles or something? Wait, what? If they went around 200. <laughs> <laughs> it's two and a half miles. Oh. Yeah, they, they go around in about <laughs> 50 seconds. <laughs> Remember how I saw I was terrible at math? Yeah. I, I'm just sitting here in the corner cringing and. <laughs> making eye contact with my uh, <laughs> diploma for mathematics. GG. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, did you die? <laughs> no. Maybe of laughter. <laughs> See, I'm probably the one laughing most at these. Next up, then after Atlanta, we go to Las Vegas for the Cobalt 400. Rest in peace, Dan Wilden. Oh yeah, when they had that indie car race there. Oh man, they decided to have like more cars in that race on like a smaller, super slick track. Yeah, it was, it what was, could possibly that. go wrong? Yeah, it was, and so like uh, ten cars flew into the fence, and one guy died. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it, yeah. Anyway, next. Side was, note: the, I love races named after colors. I can't wait for the Chartreuse three fifty. What? <laughs> because cobalt blue. Oh. This is like the tools or whatever. I figured. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> then then after that, go into Phoenix, the one-mile track in Phoenix for the Camping World 500. Now, you would think, oh, it's 500 miles. Nope, 312. Uh, why is it called... Kilometers why? for some reason. What? I don't know why. And where is this race again? Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of metric fans in Arizona? I guess. It's I don't funny know. because Arizona is like the most xenophobic state. So you would think that they would be the least metric state. Ah. Then Martinsville, which is one of the shortest tracks at half a mile, it's uh the STP five hundred. 
It's not 500 miles, it's 250s. Why do they keep naming these 500 when they're not 500 miles? This time, it's because it's 500 laps, so I don't know why, but Bristol, which is half a mile, the Food City 500. By the way, I think Food we showed City. you the football game being played inside the racetrack that was at Bristol. Oh. Caladega. Geico 500. It used to be called the Aaron's 499. <laughs> 499. They couldn't even. They couldn't even pad it out to be 500 like the rest of the races. What's weird is it's it's the same race. They the same amount of laps. They just call it 499 for some reason when they did. Someone lost count. Then he, okay, this is a kind of fun one. Uh, Kansas for the Go Bowling 400. Go Bowling 400. <laughs> now, do they have to crash into giant pins as they drive along the track? No, Super Sheep. One of the most plainest sounding races, but it's also one of the most legendary for some reason, even though it's Charlotte's a horrible track. Uh, the Coca-Cola 600. Oh, 600? They're being fancy here. Yeah, 600. Uh, then... It's on the same day as the Indy 500, and yep. the Indy 500 used to start early enough that some people would try to go in both races. Uh-huh. The, the most recent person to do that was Kurt Busch in 2014, I think. Our first road course on the schedule, the Toyota Slash Save Mart 350. Okay, they're going to have to explain road courses. It's ones where you turn right. Oh. Along with left. Is this is this at Watkins one or the other one? Sonoma. Yeah. Because when I heard the term down. road course, I was very worried there was like off roading for a second. It's like the second or third mushroom cup track in Mario Kart. Oh. Without the gliding sections, obviously. I mean, that's only like seven and eight that have gliding. Oh, I guess if they don't count like the cans and stuff. I'm pretty sure that nothing in Mario Kart, aside from racing in vehicles, happens in NASCAR. <laughs> I don't know, who, who could forget, uh, who could forget at last year's Coca-Cola 600, that great blue shell snipe at the very end of the race? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how much better NASCAR would, or especially like F1, like if oh, everyone F1 just started throwing be. blue shells at Lewis Hamilton because there's no parody in F1? Yes, please. Alright, the next one is in Chicago. You're gonna think this one's funny. The, the, Tales, gets, oh. the Tales of the Turtles 400. What? <laughs> it's sponsored by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Last year it was called the Teenage Mutant Ninja No, it was called the Turtles in Time 400 or something. Last this year. This keeps getting more confusing as it goes on. Yeah, for some reason it's like sponsored by that race in Chicago, sponsored by Nickelodeon. So, like a like three years ago, it was called the SpongeBob SquarePants 400, and like a bunch of people had SpongeBob SquarePants cars, oh, and like the walls hilarious. were and the walls were SpongeBob themed. The New Hampshire 301. 301. Yeah, because it's like just over, barely over a mile, so over 300 laps it goes to 301, I think. <laughs> uh, uh, I, actually, I know that they just announced a sponsor for this one. This is at the other road courses, Watkins Glen. Uh, Watkins Glen, it says, uh, anyway, it's called the Go Bowling 355, so yeah, there's a second Go Bowling race. Why? This is that's going to make even more confusing. And not only is it... Not 355 miles, it's 355 kilometers. Again, why? <laughs> I, I miss when that race was sponsored by Cheez-It. I know, that Cheez-It 355, that's like, yeah. Then Bristol, okay, this one, yeah. You know, I uh, just thought of something. Huh? We keep having all these races in kilometers, and yet mm -hmm. NASCAR fans are, like, notoriously xenophobic. I was tempted to make something along that joke along that line as soon as Philip said that, but I didn't want to interrupt him. Speaking of 
speaking of redneck stereotypes, the next race is the Bass Pro Shops NRA Night Race. Hey! Ah. It's just called the Night Race. It, there isn't even, like, miles next to it, but I know it's 250 miles or whatever, because it's 500 laps. Plot twist. Uh, this race takes place during the day. No. Actually, it did a couple of years ago. Well. Because it rained the night it was supposed to happen, so they just did it on, like, a Sunday afternoon instead. Uh, anyway, next was is one of the most famous races Darlington. It's the Southern 500, but they added a sponsor, so it's the Bojangles Southern 500. Told of. Bojangles. Uh, then, speaking of Indianapolis, the Crown Royal presents the Brickyard 400. I remember there used to be a contest where, like, it was called... Crown Royal presents, and then whoever's name won the contest, 400. So it was just Crown Royal presents the rando name, 400. It was so weird. I was afraid it was going to be worse. I was going. To, I was worried that it was like whoever won gets to pick the name. Mm -hmm. And that and would be very terrible of an idea. Hollywood Casino 400. This is in Kansas. Actually, hold on. Uh -huh. All right, so I did some research, and it turns out that Hollywood Casino is just the brand's name of the casino. Oh. So there are Hollywood Casinos in, say, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Columbus, <laughs> Ohio, and most notably, Kansas City, Kansas, <laughs> right across the street from me, Kansas Speedway, where this race is being held. Oh. I have linked a picture. Like, I know that oh, yeah. there's, there's, like, one in Maryland, like, commercials for it on local TV, so I was very confused about the placement of the race. I missed the yeah. iAfibStory.com 400. What's oh. that? Is that a real thing? Oh, okay, I'll, 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 I'll read you some, like, bad NASCAR race names. I'm just glad there hasn't been a room, room 500. Maybe uh, before there has, hasn't there? Here's some fun ones. Uh, the goodies fa fast pain relief 500. Fast, uh -huh. fast what? Pain. pain. Oh, pain, pain. relief. <laughs> I thought you said, pain. like, painters or something. Oh. I'm like, oh, they're fast painters? Okay. Yeah, the my aphid. No, paint that. relief. Fast pain. paint relief. Pain relief. I know. That, I'm the that would, I don't even know what pain. paint relief would be. I know, that's why I was laughing. Oh, okay. Carry on. Then the hell of a good sour cream dips at the Glen. That's the name. I'm more confused of that at the Glen part. <laughs> the track name is Watkins Glen. Oh. And Glen is also a natural feature of some sort. I believe it is similar to a plane, but I'm not sure. That must be some kind of southern slang or something, isn't it? No, it's from New York. It's in northern New York. Welp. No, they just they just hold it at Glenn's house. I'll <laughs> go over to Glenn's and just race in his backyard. And then the Subway Jalapeno 250, powered by Coca-Cola. <laughs> okay, then. I I I have I I have multiple questions. Then the treatmyclot.com 300. Uh oh. No. Also multiple questions. Yeah. Oh, one of my favorites, the Exalto We Paint Winners 400. Okay, There's that then. paint. It's the paint relief. <laughs> oh yeah, the PowerShares QQQ 300. It's the best. QQQ300. No, it's PowerShares QQQ300. I'd like a Z, a 4, oh, oh, a, a Q, Q, another Q, another Q, a third, a third Q, Q, and, and the Batman, Batman symbol. <laughs> that was exactly what came into my mind as well. <laughs> Is it Alex Kasser and Webster? <laughs> anyway... Uh, time for some, uh, showcases. How much is the fat guy in the circle? I don't see a price on him. 
Oh, yeah. So, it's time for the showcases. Uh, I would like to note before we begin that out of protest over Philip's recent showcases, I had originally <laughs> written a showcase that was worth $7.3 million. Oh! That included a trip to Antarctica and a private jet. Okay. Uh, I have not done that because I am a charitable human being. Furthermore, despite the fact that Philip had to spend three and a half days in a car driving across Australia pissing in a coffee cup, he was declared the winner last week. So, would you like to read first or second? I'll read mine. Uh, I wouldn't like to about the coffee can thing. Neither of us would enjoy that. All right. I, no, yeah. Nobody said you had to enjoy spending three and a half days in a car. If I wanted you to enjoy it, I would have just flown you into Perth, which was a totally <laughs> acceptable thing that I could have done. <laughs> Fair point. Um, yeah, it was fun winning with a bit of a dollar because I knew you were over. <laughs> All right. So, because I'm a lazy ass, Alex gave me a writing prompt. So this week's showcase consists of things starting with P. And this showcase is sponsored by r slash writing prompts. r slash writing prompts. It's like English homework for 15-year-olds that don't like English homework. <laughs> First off, uh, P is for Pokemon. This still-sealed Pikachu edition N64 is like 20 years old and is super rare. Thanks, eBay. Also, Pikachu's cheeks light up when you turn the system on. That's cool, too. Next, P is for... Protein. From the food equivalent of Jehovah's Witnesses. Enjoy an Omaha Steaks sirloin dinner for you and your family every night for the next year. <laughs> the Jehovah's Witnesses of food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why are they the Jehovah's Witnesses of food? Because, you know, they, like, they, like, pull up to your house with their truck, and they no. say, like, oh, we've got these extra steaks in the back if you want them for this low price of 100 bucks, you know? I've never heard of Omaha Steaks doing that. What, oh, what kind of freaky-ass neighborhood do you live in if some guy comes to your door trying to sell you steak? I, I hate to put this, too, but that's actually not that uncommon. Yeah, that one time it happened uh, at when I lived somewhere else. Yeah, people have tried to do that in this neighborhood, and there's no soliciting. <laughs> I've seen it happen in other neighborhoods as well. Yeah, it's not as uncommon as you'd think. No, I mean I realize soliciting is a thing. Like I had somebody come into my apartment building and knock on my door to try to get me to change energy providers. Even no, I am referring to selling them. steaks. As in specifically selling steaks. <laughs> yeah. So they think that people are going to trust literal rando to sell them meat. Yes. <laughs> I don't understand it either. What kind of Silk Road shit is this? <laughs> I gotta get that sirloin. Now, see, is it bad? Or to get sirloin. <laughs> Fine. You know what else is also a lot of money? Finally, P is for Porsche. Here's a brand new car. Oh, crap. <laughs> You're screwed, buddy. The Porsche 911 G2 RS is your perfect track day, buddy. Packed with 700 horsepower, and it goes from 0 to 60 in 2.7 seconds. Uh, it costs a lot of money, by the way. Like, I, a lot. I figured. Yep. Wait, what, what kind of car is this? A Porsche 911 GT2 RS, and it's pretty much the best Porsche you can buy. Ah, oh, frack. I swear they had one of these on the prices right once. Ah! Ah, I can't remember how much it was. I have messaged no, my bid to Colin, because I think I went over. Uh, I, I will read it to you, and Colin can verify that it is my correct bid. And side note, I'm really regretting telling you about that seven and a half million dollar showcase because I totally would have pulled that out. I didn't know there known there was a Porsche in your showcase. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get this over with. Are you ready for your showcase? Yep. All right. 
In celebration of our fourth episode, this showcase has to do with the number four. First... Okay, Sesame Street. First, the fourth Pokemon in the Pokédex, Charmander, loves setting stuff on fire. You can put out that fire with the waves you'll create on your personal watercraft. <laughs> the Sea-Doo GTI-SE comes with an IBR propulsion system, stainless steel impeller, and a four-stroke inline three-cylinder engine. Full disclosure, I thought Squirtle came before Charmander when I wrote this showcase, so that goes to show you how much I know. <laughs> Next, celebrate one of the great number fours in sports history. Kevin Harvick? Sterling Marlin? No, Brett Favre! On your trip to Green Bay, Wisconsin! Okay. You and a guest will fly from Detroit to Green Bay, Wisconsin in a private helicopter for a six-night stay in a penthouse apartment within view of famed Lambeau Field. We've also included a VIP tour of Lambeau Field, and as a keepsake, you'll each receive an autographed Brett Favre jersey with inscriptions of his career stats. Plus, for some spending cash, we're throwing in 44,444 Vietnamese dong! Oh, oh no! It could be a little. It could be a lot. I don't know! <laughs> it's actually like $2. Oh! Finally, let's relive a famous moment from our show with the four wheels of your Ford Pinto! Oh! The ni this 1974 Ford Pinto Wagon Country Squire with a four-cylinder engine and automatic transmission. This car has been completely refurbished with new interior carpets and seats and has only 156,000 miles on it. <laughs> The owner also claims that it's almost impossible to find this car, so take that as you will. And this showcase, in which we hope for at least four more episodes, can be yours if your showcase was too evil again this week. So congratulations on your win, I guess. Alright, thank you. 26,643 is my bid. Alright, let me write that down. 26643. Alright, uh, I'm going to go first. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go first. Actually, I'm going to go second to confirm your victory. Uh, uh, Colin can attest I bid $93,250. Wait, was that just for the caller for everything? That was for everything. Oh. Case in point, I can send you a screen cap of me messaging Colin $93,250. Like I can just confirm right here that he sent that. All right. And the actual retail price, $310,220. So that means there's a difference of 216970 <laughs> What is he doing? You can throw louder things. Where are louder things? <laughs> Did you just, like, break a glass? You better not have broken your Jack Wilson bobblehead. Do we need to send tranquilizer darts? It sounds like there's a rampage going on. <laughs> I screwed you again with the weird, with like the super expensive car. <laughs> you bid twenty six six forty three. Actual retail price thirty nine nine ninety eight. Congratulations on your victory. Get good, son. You gotta. You should have done that seven million one. Sure should have. <laughs> the problem is now he knows it's coming. But, I mean to get to the point where it's like here's the whole state of New York <laughs> actual retail price two trillion dollars or something I mean crazy. you can buy the brook of Britons itself for pretty cheap <laughs> unless that guy was a liar you don't think he was do you <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do that go in the air and tell lies 
Or you know who the real liars are, Capital Meats. <laughs> hey everyone, Alex from the future here. We originally recorded an ending to this podcast, but I was mumbling and angry, so I wanted to re-record once I was a little more clear and had my thoughts together. So, as many of you know, there was a shooting at Marshall County High School in Benton, Kentucky, which unfortunately left two dead and 18 injured. This hits pretty close to home because my cousin and her husband are both teachers at Marshall County High School. Thankfully, neither of them were harmed. My cousin actually wasn't in the building at the time, and her husband was out of the way but still getting students to safety. Actually, since the podcast was recorded, I learned of another incident in Uniontown, this is just south of Pittsburgh, where a student had made threats to perform violence on the school, and a student recorded these threats on his phone and reported to the police, who then found that the student was in possession of a number of weapons, guns, knives, so forth. So, I just wanted to make a quick statement. First of all, thank you to the student who reported that incident to the police. Uh, My sincere thanks to the police officers, especially those in Benton who prevented the shooting from being any worse than it could have been, Um, especially to all of the first responders as well, everyone who was helping students get to safety in Benton. On behalf of Apex of Podcast, I want to offer my sincere thoughts and prayers to all of those who have been affected by this tragedy, all of the victims and their families. Certainly this is something unimaginable to most of us, and I just want to offer you all of the comfort that I can in these tragic and horrible times. I've been thinking a lot since those incidents, particularly the one in Benton, and it's clear to me, regardless of what your stance is on guns, which is a very hot-button issue, regardless of which party you vote for, or neither, or both, or a third party, regardless of what you think our government should do in response, it is abundantly clear to me that we as a society, we within our communities, we in our culture need to improve. We need to show respect for one another. We need to create a culture in which children don't want to go shooting schools and performing violence in schools, which ideally should be one of the safest places a child should go. We need to improve. We cannot continue to normalize these types of incidents because we are the only country in the world, we are the only society, we are the only culture in the world where this continues to happen. And regardless of what our government does, there are things that we can do at home to ensure that these things never happen again. However, for us, we're going to come back next week and try to make you smile and laugh as we always have. So we hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you.